0: Hey, good morning, Adam. How you doing today? I'm fantastic. Jack, how about yourself? Good. You're looking good. I'm glad we got the camera on today. Uh, today's going to be a special day. We have a pretty good guest today. In fact, I'd say a real pretty, good guest today. Pretty good. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He likes pretty good, but he's a humble man. We, we can tell that uh, from the beginning. But uh, what we're going to do is talk to our guest today, and we're going to meet up a- very interesting man who is uh, at the cutting edge of many things. Certainly, uh, a couple of them attracted us. And uh, Robo, Robo, Robo show. show, Robo show. show. I gotta say it with a French accent, which uh, I'm Italian and Irish, so I don't know how that'll come out. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Adam, why don't you introduce? Yeah, our,
1: absolutely. uh our, happy. To- uh, Go on. <laughs> That's all right, Jack. Happy to welcome <clears throat> Eric Robichaux to our show. Uh, he is from Green Goddess Supply. And Green Goddess is a supplier of premium quality smoke accessories and home grow products. So we'll talk more about that as we get into the show today. But as we do with all of our guests, there we go. Uh, uh, showing that very, very good marketing. He's very into branding. Um and we're, as we do with all of our guests on the show, we like to have them share their stories and share their entrepreneurial stories, because there's often some great things that, that they start to kind of connect with. And so when we got to know Eric uh, a few months ago and heard his story, we thought it was a fascinating, very interesting story. And if I can tease it a little bit, we'll talk about your journey from being the software engineer slash nerdy computer guy to now being the weed guy, right? And so we're going to take you through that little journey in terms of how that happened. And of course, it's all well planned out, no problem at all, but we'll start... At the beginning, so why don't you give people just a little bit of background, Eric, um, in terms of kind of kind of where you grew up, kind of, and start going through your, your early business career, and we'll start to kind of direct this discussion and, and make some fantastic points of what you've kind of learned along your journey. So, Eric, welcome to the show.
2: Absolutely, thank you very much. Pleasure to be here. Um, and uh, yeah, we had a lot of fun when we had our first uh, little pre-interview, just chit-chatting. So I think this will be a fun uh, a fun chat. Um, the uh, yeah, so basically. Um, uh, I was born. Um, I was born as a baby. It all started, but no. Uh, but no, I was. Um, I was born in uh, in Rhode Island, up in New England, um, maybe about halfway between Providence and uh, Rhode Island and Boston, Mass, um, in northern Rhode Island. And um, at a very young age, I um, really uh, got. Just, just fell in love with uh, tech and computers. Um, and, this, and, and when I'm talking back in the day when there was no such thing, there were no computers in the home. There was no Internet at home. I mean, I'm talking um, the early to mid 80s, like 84, 85 in that, in that time frame um, when I was a teenager. And I got into it and my mother was taking some college level classes. She went back to school for social work, but you know, in college, they make you take all these other different electives and different things and broaden your horizons and all that stuff. So she's a psychologist and, and social work. She's got her MSW, you know? Um, but now she's like, I have to take this freaking computer class. Like, Oh my God. Yeah. So um, I used to go with her and, and I was just in awe at the, the, the the computers in the lab and all that stuff. And that was back in the days when she had to carry like the car, I don't even know if you know. I'm talking about the card decks, and if you drop them, then then you're, you're screwed. <laughs> right. Um, but like, yeah, the cards. <laughs> right. And you know, they, it, it have happen. to go in a certain <laughs>
1: order. If you, if you do it in the wrong order, it's going to, yeah, it, it doesn't yeah, boot yeah, up properly. Really, yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah.
2: yeah. Um, and, um, and the first, the first machine that I wrote a little basic program and literally basic programming language, I wrote a little basic program on, had no monitor. It was just a line. It was literally a keyboard with a line printer, you know, like dot matrix, <laughs> you know, and you, you would, it would print out the information and, um, and, um, um, and I got into it, and I started reading my mom's college textbooks. And basically, I was I was self taught at a very early age. Um, but I learned like data structures and all this stuff, you know, it, it wasn't, you know, playing Atari games, it was, you know, I I, got, I wanted to learn how to build and make those games. And, and um, um, And and at a at a young age, there was uh, I mean, there was no uh, real there was no home computers like, you know, back then. So when the first ones first started coming, I had to uh, mail order away for a kit and put it together myself, Um, you know, that sort of thing. And um, and there were some magazines that were starting to pop up around the country that um, it was all mail order, you know, like there was one out of Texas. And I remember writing them a letter and said, um, you know, you have a potential for a really great magazine here. Um, but but you know here are some improvements, things you should do, whatever. And uh, you need some regular columns. you need you know every issue was just random and all over the place. I said, you need some consistency, you need some columns. You need... So they ended up hiring me. They said, that's great. We want to hire you. And they hired me. Now, I was 14 at the time. But I had great grammar, fantastic written skills. They had no idea. It was, all, it was all through the mail. You wrote letters, like, you know, typed them on a typewriter. It was old school, right? There was right. no internet. There was no email. There was no such thing. Um, so I became a computer guy. I said, sure, I'll do that. I had, you know, I, was, I don't know. I was bracing, I guess. Um, and so for almost two years, I wrote a monthly uh, column in a, uh, in a computer magazine. Um, as a teenager, nobody knew how old I was and I never, how cool
0: is that? That's good. You're a smart guy.
2: So, so, uh, that that was actually really funny. Um, I used to write, I call it the, it was the uh the program of the month and i'd write a program and and then i would publish the code the source code and talk about the algorithms and what they do and how they work it was educational i would, I would explain you know different things about it um and i built relationships that for you know 20 30 years later people would so like pen pals and stuff you know uh it was, it was and we'd meet up uh you know here and there when they would like hey we're traveling guy from colorado hey, i'm in boston you know so we'd go meet up with them um, and, um, uh, so then uh, I went to Rensselaer Polytech RPI up in Troy, New York, uh, for, uh, hardcore engineering school. Um, and then after that, I went to work at CVS headquarters where I designed and coded the whole centralized credit card processing systems and checked adjudication systems and things like that. <laughs> and this was at 21. And it was just one of those really weird things where my, um, you know, the old saying about when you're given lemons, make lemonade. Right. Yep. I, sh- I showed up for work my first day at work at CVS corporate my first day in a corporate job and my I was greeted by my boss looking at me going he was all frazzled he looks at me and he's like oh shit I forgot you were coming that was my my, my <laughs> welcome to corporate America <laughs> oh boarding. shit I forgot you were coming like, Yep. <laughs> you know? um and he they had no place so CVS back then was growing so fast this was like around 1990 uh, maybe 89 89 ish. Um, it was growing so fast, they were expanding, they were growing a whole nother uh, part to the uh, to the home office, but it wasn't, op- it was supposed to be open, they were moving half the people to the new facility, but it wasn't open yet, it was behind schedule, so they had like no room for me, so my boss was like, um,
0: "Always <laughs> sit, huh? sit, sit over here for now,
2: we'll <laughs> figure something out, and the here, sit over here for now was uh, a desk that was in the middle of a hallway. Somebody had had their office remodeled and they put the old furniture out with a tag for maintenance, come take it. But they were so far behind, it was all hands on deck on the new building that that it was just sitting there languishing. So he said, just sit here for now. But well, that for now ended up being all summer. All summer, I just sat in a hallway <laughs> walking by and being like, what the hell are you doing? You know, I'm like, oh, um, I'm the new guy, day, hello,
1: right, yeah. Nice yeah, to meet you
2: uh, After about, yeah, you know, you feel about this big, you know, totally disrespected, right? Well, about the second day on the job, the guy whose office that was, he comes shuffling in about, I'll never forget this, about 10 a.m., an older guy, uh, white hair, newspaper under his arm, comes shuffling in, walks by me, gives me the, hey, you know, nod, walks in. Then all of a sudden, you can see him backing out, looking at me going, and I will never forget this. I get who the hell are you, and why are you sitting at my old desk?
0: And again, that was my that was my my,
2: my introduction to, to to the executive vice president, who's a third ever hire at CVS, and he was on the board. And because I was sitting there, I ended up having direct access to the EVP, and he was like, I, I ended up getting pulled in. I did special projects for him, nice. and and that's how. You know, lemons turned into lemonade and my career took off and I got on special projects and all this stuff because uh, just, you know, we say the right, I was in the wrong place at the right time.
0: <laughs> Amazing uh, how that works. Huh? Yep. Yep.
2: So so I did the CVS thing, designed their credit card processing systems and all that. And at one point I had total trust from, I had built a, a, a great rapport with, uh, with the guy. Um, at one point it got, you know, word got out to the board that like some 21 year old kid was, was like the mastermind behind their whole critical infrastructure projects for the next, you know, X number of years and all this. And they were like, um, uh, uh, wait, wait, what, you know? So they brought in Deloitte and to do a code review. And, and my boss came up to me and he gave me a pat on the back and he said, the, uh, the paraphrased version is the kid knows what he's doing. Leave him alone. Let him do his thing. So I had a vote of confidence. And so I was there for about four years and then management all turned over. And then I was like, all right, I'm out of here. You know, it's kind of like, you know, um, help me or get out of my way. You know, you're either with me or, or, or you're, you're just holding me back kind of thing. And uh, we had a, a turnover in management and we had new people come in. They want to put the brakes and everything. They want to, well, let's just, let's look at things. Let's see, let's take it slow. I mean, maybe, maybe we'll hire outside consultants. And I was like, all right, I'm out of here. So I left and I started my own company in software. And um, I was a Windows programmer for for years. We did a lot of games and screensavers, uh, children's educational CD-ROMs, a lot of licensed stuff. Um, And that's when, in 1993, I first met Vincent Um, um, Petetti. I was developing screensavers, computer screensavers and games. And uh, as an independent software vendor at the time, um, um, I was heavily involved with, in the world of shareware back in the early '90s. You know, try out, try before you buy software. It's how everything is done today. Back then, it wasn't. Um, and we were evangelists for this new business model, you know, and for the small guy and all this, right? Um, I was, um, um, you know, people joke about being Instagram famous, you know. So, so it was kind of like, you know, I was like shareware famous at the day, you know. Um, which that and three bucks will maybe get me a cup of coffee today. But, um, but I, um, um, I was, uh, very involved in the shareware business model, um, the shareware groups and associations and all that. And I was doing a lot of PR, like, you know, one of these things where, um, I wanted to get publicity for my products. Right. So I would do press releases, mail them out, like, like thousands of copies, mail them everywhere. And it just kind of went over like a fart in the wind, and and all of a sudden one day I finally got a hit. I finally got PC World magazine called me up and said, "Hey, you know, I want to get a little more information. We want to write about this." And I was like, "For my industry, PC World is huge, right?" I said, "Oh, wow, okay." So I um, so I, I did this whole interview, and then it was you know because of lead times with the press and all. All right, we're working on the the the. August issue, that's not, or the July issue, that's going to come out in, you know, everything was like, it's like three, four months. It was like three, four months of, of sitting on pins and needles waiting for my first big break. Right? right. The magazine comes out. I'm all excited. I go through the whole thing cover to cover. And I, the thing was like this thick back in the day. And I like, I, I got nothing. I'm like, uh, I can't find it. Like, I'm like, so I go back through the whole thing again. I can't find anything anywhere. I'm looking at in the index. I'm looking at the thing. I go through page by page by page. I'm so, um, I, uh, I contact Bert. Now this was, this, this was, um, 92, 1992 time frame. We had email, but email was of the, like, you know, you, you hook up your modem, you know? Um, and then you, um, you wait, um, you know, two days for the response to come back, you know, kind of thing and all that. Right. Um, and, um, I get an email back. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, you're in there. You're on page, you know, 293. I'm like, oh, that's only in the back. Okay, so I go all the way, not the back, very back, but about three or four pages from the back, buried back there somewhere. Oh, now I know what page it's on. Oh, I open it up and I'm like, I still don't see it. I'm reading the whole, I still don't see it. It's like, I'm not on this page. What are you talking about? So then I'm like, I start, I read this article. And I read this whole thing and then all of a sudden I realized about three quarters of the way down. There's one sentence like a, Oh, and then there's also this screensaver. That's really cool from this company called Rhode Island soft systems at, you know, you can call them here or whatever. And then other and it keeps going on other stuff. I'm like, oh, I got one sentence, literally one sentence buried in the middle of this magazine. That I'm like, no, he's never gonna see this. This was useless, you know. All those months of waiting and you know, picturing like like I'm on the front cover of Time magazine, you know, man of the year, right? And it shows up and it's like I got one sentence buried on page 298 of you know, of, of this magazine. I'm like, oh, all right, well, that's really disappointing. So I was still working <laughs> at CVS in 1992. Um, and so I was just doing this. I started my little software business on the side, evening and weekends kind of thing. It was all mail order back then, right? Like I said, there was no internet or anything. So um, uh, so I was doing this evenings and weekends. And one day I came home for lunch because I, I just worked maybe five minutes from the office. I came home for lunch and it was the days of answering machines, you know? So I go back and I had a special dedicated phone line for the company, you know? So I'm rewinding, listening to messages, it's a tape, you know? Uh, and then I hear, I get this message. Beep. Hey, it's Vinny, give me a call. 805, blah, 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 blah.
0: Click.
1: <laughs> what
2: the fuck is that? I actually <laughs> debated not even returning the call. Right. Like, what is it?
1: What, what?
2: It's Vinny. Who's Vinny?
1: Call. I don't it's know like, anybody, Money. What's going on? Why is Vinny calling me? <laughs>
2: yeah. Right? And I'm like, oh, what is this? You know? So I pick up the phone and I call and I get, um, oh yeah, I'm like, hi, this is Eric, uh, Rhode Island Sound Systems. I had a phone, a message from Vinny. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. Vincent gets on the phone. We saw your, yeah, uh, we saw you in PC World magazine. <laughs> <laughs> we saw you in PC World magazine. We're looking for a developer. I have a license to do the Terminator 2 screensaver with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Calico Pictures. Uh, we're doing the Terminator 2 screensaver. Uh, it's gonna be. Cutting, cutting edge, state of the art, things have never been done in screensavers before. Uh, we need developers, it's really high, It says super niche. Uh, we found you guys and um, wanted to reach out. So fast forward, next thing you know, we ended up doing a deal with them. We did the Terminator 2 screensaver. It was very cutting edge. Um, I have an autographed box from Arnold, uh, autographed. Um, and, um, and that was just the first of, of probably about a hundred projects we did together over 10 years with uh, Vincent and his team. Uh, they didn't have the developers. They did the licensing and they were out in California. Um, and he was in in LA and had relationships with all the studios. So we did Batman and Robin, little rascals, free Willy, um, all these kids like, you know, read to me storybooks on CD-ROM. We built all the engines to power all that. Um, we did screensavers, we did Twilight Zone, Saturday Night Live, all kinds of stuff. Um, and we built this relationship. We worked together for about 10 years. And then, um, and then our companies started going kind of in different directions. The internet by then, 10 years later, had, had, was a thing. Uh, we were going much more web and internet related. And he was going more and more into games and game consoles like Xbox and PlayStation and things like that, and, and more of a gaming company. And we kind of went in different directions. Um, uh, but we stayed in contact, you know, as as friends and just whatever, and just kind of stayed in contact, you know, after we had a 10 year working relationship. Um, and in 2009, um, he reached out and 2009, the iPhone had come out. And we were doing apps and stuff, and we are starting to do some iPhone development, things like that. And he had licenses for iPhone apps with uh, Live Nation to do. And so we got together and we did about 30 apps for for the iPhone, Kiss and Motley Crue and um, David Bowie, The Who, and and all kinds of stuff. Did a whole bunch of um, um, iPhone apps and stuff and uh so we kind of reconnected in 2009 we did a bunch of stuff 2009 2010 so we kind of you know our 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 paths kind of you know came came and went and um and I'll, i'll i'll put a bookmark in that part but uh we met up again in um 2016 uh when i had launched green goddess um And uh, you want to
1: talk a little bit about how that came about? Yeah, but before we jump into that, I just want people to know. So, so Eric, even though he's a guy, you know, maybe you don't know him, but you, you know, you've he's probably touched you in some way. So whether it be, you know, you've 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 gone to CVS, you use a credit card, going way back to that. But you were telling us in our pre-interview, you were the in terms of screensavers, like you guys were. You guys were like ninety-seven percent of the screensavers that were done were done by you guys. Right. So if you've ever had a screensaver, used it, saw it you know, Eric has impacted your life in some way from that standpoint.
2: Yeah, well, I was a Windows developer back then, right? We were doing, Windows was a dominant platform. I had like 98% of the market or something like that. At the time, Mac was like 1% or 2% by that point. I think it never, it hadn't gotten much higher than about 4 and then had ebbed, you know, after they fired Steve Jobs and all that stuff and it ebbed down to like it was 1% or 2% of the market. So we completely ignored the Mac market and we were just Windows developers. And, uh, <laughs> um, and, you know, I was reading. I, I read a lot of books and biographies on Steve Jobs and Gates and all that stuff because you know I was thinking about my my business and where I'm going. And and you know, Bill Gates had made the statement that his vision was um, a computer on every desktop running Microsoft software. That was his goal. I thought about that and I thought, yeah, that's a pretty good goal. All right, let's let's do that. <laughs> let's, let's do that, right? Um, it. Hey, my. Right. I'm like, yeah, let's get. And, and and in a small way. Nobody ever knows it. Nobody knows it. We didn't get any credit for it. Um, And I didn't make the billions of dollars like he did. Um, But, you know, my little brushes with, with, with fame. Um, But behind the scenes, we actually felt like at one point we achieved that we had our software running on like everybody's computer, whether or not they knew it, you know, and it wasn't necessarily mission critical software, uh, but we did, we had billions and billions of units. I mean, we did things like, um, not only working with individual companies like uh, we did screensavers and games and things for um uh, mobile oil for Bacardi. We did four different projects for Bacardi. We did Folgers Coffee, we did American Express and and on and on Mobile Oil, all these different companies, Walmart. Every screensaver, every computer sold in Walmart's team pre-bundled with screensavers that we built. Um, and uh, and then the Walmart logo, you know, moving around. We did all that for them for their demo units. Um, we bundled our, our stuff with, um, uh, HP computers, um, Toshiba laptops, NEC laptops. I mean, so we did a lot of bundling deals, right. With the hardware manufacturers, which is like millions of units would just go out all pre-installed with our software Uh, and so on and so on and so on. We did hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of titles. Some of the most popular stuff, Uh, a lot of goofy irreverent stuff. Um, I'd said, uh, back in the day, used should say like, I made millions selling goofy shit.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's a good t-shirt. I like that. That'd be a good one. (laughs)
2: Yeah. We did, uh, um, the Hey Macaroni, the spoof of the Macarena. Hey Macaroni screensaver. We did Bill Clinton, um, with his Lewinsky thing. We did the, the Clinton blues um hilarious stuff,
1: <laughs> hilarious stuff
2: um and um liver dance it was a spoof of river dance we did liver dance okay um and um uh, and it was funny it was almost like saturday night live too at the time where with parodies and stuff we were i was getting to see some desist letters from lawyers all over the place. Like, <laughs> I got like wallpaper my office with them uh it was really funny too like we did a, we did one uh, a spoof of mike tyson when he when he bit holyfield Right, oh boy, Tiefson versus Holy Air, and so (laughs) little airs and box in a boxing match and all that stuff. And then the liver dance people didn't were did they had no humor, river dance? They had no humor. Um, Michael Flat, like we had a little dancing livers, and one of them we had the you know the crispy chest hairs with the big gold medallion (laughs) and all that, and the leather festival, you know. Um, And we got a cease and desist letter from them, and I'll, I'll never forget. He called me up, and he's like, hes like D-. I'm like, it's a parody, you know? And he's like, no, 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 it's not funny. It has to be funny to be a parody. I'm like, oh, it's quite funny. People think it's a riot. No, that's not funny. The whole teacher thing, now, see, that's funny. This is not funny. I'm like, well, you just think it's not funny because I'm making fun of you.
1: Right. <laughs> I said, Mike
2: Tyson doesn't think that's particularly funny, but he thinks right. river dan- uh, liver dance is a riot, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm making fun of you,
0: dude. You
2: know? I'm more but, afraid um, of Mike
1: Tyson than I am of you, right? From that standpoint. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. So, uh, so
2: that was funny. So we, we, um, so we did a lot of, uh, and we had, yeah, basically uh, billions and billions of views of our software running all over the place. Um, and um, you know, we were Windows, Windows developers, so um, um, yeah, in, in, in interesting times, interesting times. Um, and so then, you know, like I said, we got into the internet. And, um, and at one point, I saw the, the, the screensaver business was kind of peaking. So we sold the business. Okay. And, and there was maybe 5 or 10% of our business that was custom services. And the company buying the business didn't want anything to do with that. They didn't want to do custom services, custom development, or any of that stuff. They were buying it for all of our base of technology, all the games and the screensavers and our code base and all that stuff. So they bought it out. And then the other 5%, I took that and relaunched a new business with that doing um, more web-based and more custom development and um, um, consulting work. And that's when I met a fellow who way back in the day was selling on Amazon and he he, he would have million-dollar days. Like, oh, we sold a million dollars today. So he, he was back then the largest third party seller on Amazon when they first launched their platform for, for third parties to sell on on amazon.com.
1: So you're talking about like 2013 2014 time frame right uh, so- Yeah in,
2: in that yeah we, it was uh, 2000 now' we're, we're fast forward to yeah 2014
1: to all the way up through
2: to, to about 2016 that okay. time frame um for a few years in there and he he came to me with this one project and he said i want you to um he said i'm trying to get reporting he says i have a really hard time reporting get my inventory and all that stuff and <laughs> um and i remember he was all exasperated he would say to me he goes all i want to know is just how many bumpy rings i have how many blipping, <laughs> bumpy rings I, that's all i want to know and i'm looking, I'm like. Well, it's a bumpy ring, you know. But he sold <laughs> toys and novelties and stuff. And I guess that these little rings, when you go like this and you bump them together, they, they light up and stuff. They have like all a right. pressure, pressure activated thing. So for
1: kids, Oh, I like kind of like the old wonder twin powers. Wonder twins activate right
2: there, okay. exactly, exactly. So That's they go okay. ding <laughs> and they all start lighting up and stuff. So little LED lights in them and whatever. And um and I remember saying, well, you know, going in going Amazon, you log in, you back end over here, you know, there's an inventory report. He's like, no, 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 no. That's garbage. It's garbage. It doesn't tell you what you need. And he's like, I, I can't articulate it to you. He goes, um, why don't you set up an Amazon seller account, start selling some stuff and do it yourself and you'll see what I mean. And then you can build my, my stuff for me. And I'm looking at him going, it's <laughs> kind of a big ask, right? And I'm like, All what? Right. Start a whole business and start launching? launch. I'm like, wait a minute, wait a <laughs> minute, What? So at first I kind of dismissed it. Like, that's ridiculous. I mean, like, like what I'm like, you know, you know, um, if you, you're going to consult with someone and they're like, Oh, we'll just go start an auto plant manufacturing plant. So you can understand <laughs> my problems. Right. It's like, what, what, all right. But he was insistent and he brought it up again and he brought up a third time. And the third time he was like, no, seriously do this. He's like, look, I'll pay you for your time. It's part of the project. I'll pay you for your time and energy doing all okay. this. All right. He goes, and and I'll tell you what to get. You don't even have like, I'll, I'll point you in the right direction of what kind of products. He says, I'll, I'll tell you what's good sellers and good margins and whatever. And I thought about it and I'm like, well, he was a really big client for us. He was a, he was six figures a year for us. You know? And I'm like, and he's going to pay as part of the project. And I'm like, all oh, right, it's a little unusual, but all right, what the hell? We'll do it. Right. So I finally relented and we did it. We set up an Amazon seller account. And we started selling like ridiculous stuff. Like he was in toys and novelties. So he was like, oh, well, uh, here, here's some things you could sell. You know, and we were selling like rubber cockroaches and like rubber chicken, slingshot rubber chickens, you know, and, a lot and fun just, stuff. <laughs> a lot of weird goofy shit, but it was all like kids, kids, toy novelties and stuff. You know, the kind of thing, like my, my eight year old boy, you know, or whatever third grade boy, you know, uh, me would have been like, oh, hey, this is awesome. <laughs> um, and, um, and then one day, so we're selling the stuff, and of course, not now. I got this little like skunk work side business thing going. This Amazon seller account, we're selling stuff. So I don't want to lose money on it, right? I mean, I'm, I had to like buy inventory and do. I had to make an investment in this, so I'm like, oh, I don't want to lose money on this. So, so I had uh, my marketing guy who was working for me, Matt, who was a young kid. I was his first job. He went to Syracuse University. I was his first hire out of out of Syracuse. Uh, smart, smart kid, great kid. Um, so I started teaching him all right you're going to run the Amazon account you like this will be like your you know your your task right run this Amazon account and all this stuff so he learned all about it and how it works and what to do and how to source products and all the stuff and like all right we don't want to lose money so let's let's find some products and we got to you know keep up with the inventory and all the stuff so he learned how to how to find a good product because on Amazon you don't just take something that you've invented and try to sell on Amazon. It's not going to work. Amazon is all about fulfilling existing demand. People already are going there for paper towels. They're going there for whatever toys, different things that that they want, and then the sellers make money by by having those products. Okay, it's just fulfilling the existing demand. So you, so there are ways of finding out like what are good sellers, and you know, and we had seven points of criteria that we would look for in our, in a product. And, you know, no product would meet them all, but if you could get four is maybe acceptable, if you get like five or six of those checkboxes, you know, are they small and lightweight, easy to manage, and I can take up lots of inventory cheap to ship into, we did fulfillment by Amazon. So we had to ship all the stuff into them. Is it cheap, light, small, we're not going to get whaled with storage um, um, costs and things like that. Um, are there good margins? Is it high demand, you know, high demand on Amazon. So we look at all these things. And one day he comes to me and he goes, Hey, I found the unicorn product. (laughs) I'm like, really? He goes, all seven, all seven boxes, ticks them all. I'm like, Oh, this sounds great. What is it? He's like, "Mm -hmm." I'm leaning in. I'm like, what? (laughs) Look, 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 look at eye contact. What I can't <laughs> hear you. What is it? So he's like sheepishly kind of looks up at me, and like the third time, he's like, It's a weed pipe. <laughs> like, oh, show me. And he's like, Um, he shows me. I'm like, I'm fine with that. And he's like, You are I'm like, sure, I smoke. You do. <laughs>
1: Uh, you get a hell of education this kid right first time out of school he's like wait i i, I don't know things were this way like people are normal you know they, they aren't spooked by things okay right yeah okay
2: and and this was this was 2000 this, this point this was 2000 um late 2014 i don't know exactly what month but i'd say late 14 or maybe very early 2015 but probably like late 2014 we didn't have legalization massachusetts we didn't have legalization you know pretty much uh, most places. I don't remember exactly what year Colorado went legal, but, um, but basically it was, it was not a thing here in New England. Let's say that, you know, so it was very discreet and hush, hush and whatever. So, um, so, we, so then we got into it. Like, he's like, you smoke. He was a very clean cut kid, captain of the track team at Syracuse and, you know, very clean cut. And i um, and like, you do. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I smoke. Like, ah, okay. So we started selling it and it, and it went, gangbusters we were selling more of that than anything else so then we were running out. it he's like hey we're almost out of rubber slingshot chicken should i reorder more and i'm like no
1: no 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 chance all right no no no, no. <laughs> we're
2: making you know for every dollar i invest we're making two with the rubber chickens for every dollar i invest we're making 10 with the pipes you know i'm like no 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 no. no. find more of that so we did so we found another pipe found another one found, we did lipstick pipes they look like lipstick so it's discreet you know when you open it up it's a pipe inside you know and all these different things and um and next thing you know, we had you know six or eight SKUs now, and we were like getting rid of the the, the rubber cockroaches were gone, and all the all, you know the, the the cosmic pencils and all that stuff were gone, and now we had and we had all these smoking accessories. <laughs> And at the time we were, I was running a digital marketing agency. That's what, you know, with all the custom stuff in the internet and all it was a digital marketing agency, an interactive agency. We had marketing, we had creative design, and we had all the techie and web developers and database programmers and all that kind of stuff. Um, and um, so we're a marketing agency. And I always say that if you're a hammer, then every problem looks like a nail, right? Right. So we're looking at this and we're, we're a marketing agency. So it's like, well, there should be a brand around this. Now we're getting all these products and all, and and it because it started to come up with things with with, um, like other people selling our products now on Amazon, they'd come in and steal our sales. Um, They're like, oh, well, if you want to protect it, you need to be in the brand registry. We don't have a brand, like we need a brand. Yes, we do, we need a brand, okay. So we created a brand um, and that was the genesis for Green Goddess Supply. Came out of this little Skunk Works project but we, this is what we did. Like all these catalogs, we did all this in-house. We did all our own design, photography, everything. Because we, ha- that's what we do. We did brochures, logos, branding, um, web <laughs> stuff. So we did it for ourselves, and we built the brand around this, and it started to take off. And
1: hold on, hold on. so so now this all started from your Amazon customer who was doing a million dollars a day in sales of all these different toys and stuff. So did you did you ever create the the yeah so, no so then Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so the
2: the, the side of, the side effect of all that stuff. Yes, yes. Then it was like then we're on there going. I get it. How many right. fucking puppy rings does he have? <laughs> I don't know. All right, I get it now. I get it. Yes, you can't get there from here, and it's true. Amazon has all these things like where they lose inventory, things are misplaced, they ship things between warehouses. They do, they they all inbound outbound things get checked out, but they're not actually purchased yet, so they can actually go back in. And so you could look and say, oh, I only have a thousand. And then all of a sudden tomorrow you're looking, you have 2000s because there was a thousand people put it in their cards. But if they didn't check it out, then it goes back in again because it's unreserved. And so it's like when you're really trying to get a handle on these things, they're just there's so many numbers, there's so many things. It's kind of like um, it's it's technically true, but 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 meaningless, you know. Um, and uh, I know I told you this was so kind of reminds me of an old joke. Um, you know, again, we were Windows programmers and Windows developers back in the day. So loved Microsoft jokes. Right. Um we, um, uh, there was this, um, there was this group, this, uh, a couple was taking a helicopter tour um, all around Seattle, um, and they were on a helicopter tour, and then one part of the tour, they're getting ready, they're like maybe about three quarters of the way through, they're getting ready to start looping back, and this fog rolls in off the ocean, and all of a sudden there's just fog, like they literally, it's like pea soup, you can't see a thing. And the helicopter guy is like uh, losing it. Like, oh crap, like I can't see anything. I don't even know where I am, you know? And then they find that they're hovering at the top of this, this, uh, this high rise, big high rise building. And there's some people up on top. So he goes over and he, and he gets up close and he's like, hey, can you tell me where I am? And the people yell back, in a helicopter. And the, and the helicopter guy turns around, at the right angle, shoots over. Next thing you know, he lands right at the helipad. A couple is looking at him like, what, what, wait a minute. How, how did you do that? Like, I don't get it. And the guy says, oh. I asked him a, a, a very simple question, and they gave me an answer that was technically correct, but completely useless. So I knew it was at the Microsoft tech support <laughs> campus. And from there, I knew how to get back. <laughs> right? <Okay. clears throat> And that was right. like Amazon back in the day. You know, right. you try to get your reports; they're technically they're accurate, but completely useless. I right. mean, because okay. you just can't get there from here. It's like too many moving parts, and it was all complicated. And it was like,
1: and so and so, so he knew. As I said, he tried to explain to. Him, he's like, you know, just get in there and do it. And he knew that you'd be able to figure it out and see it for yourself. And so, but little did he know that it would launch this whole new business right. You, right so right okay. right so
2: it ran as a skunk works like side thing um and as we were going but it started taking on a life of its own and meanwhile our day-to-day bread and butter was you know doing all- so yeah we built his reports and did all these things built a bunch of systems for him and all that um and then in uh 2015 early 2015 we got to the point where this was like we're like all right we built a brand around this this is like kind of interesting and taken off. And I'm like, so I started analyzing it. I'm like, Hey, wait a second. We just tripped into this, but let me take a good close look at this from a, now now let me put on my business hat and marketing and, and, and business analysts and let's look at this. And what I realized was that there was, there were some, some holes in the market and there are areas that we, and, and all this demand that we were seeing, I figured out why and how we could build a brand. and. Although we didn't intend to do that initially, it was just a little side project, but we tripped over a need in the marketplace. And I realized that and said, "Okay, wait a second. Now let's pivot this brand and let's let's attack that need in the marketplace. Um, And that's what we exactly what we did. And so then we more purposefully built the brand around Green Goddess, um, Green Goddess Supply and started taking off. And by a year and a half later, all through 2015, all through 2016, by the end of 2016, year and a half, almost two years later, we had gotten to the point where it was taken off. It was going well. And it was like flashbacks for me of what I used to do with all the screen and stuff. It was a product company. And here I am, I'm sitting in a services business now. I spent my whole initial part of my career And like for 20 years, running a product business with the games and the screens, you know, we put them in boxes and sell them (laughs) in store shelves and then sold that business and spent the next like 10 years doing um, the services work. And to be honest, I was getting burnt out on it um, because it doesn't matter. You could be half as cost, half as much as your competition delivered three times better, higher quality. It doesn't matter. There's still something they're going to complain about. There's still something that's, you know, it's just never, <laughs> nothing's ever good enough, everything, you know, whatever, whatever. And and it's just, you know, and the, the old saying about, you know, your failure to plan doesn't become my emergency. Right. <laughs> um, in the services business, we get people call up. Oh, Hey, uh, I know it, it. We always said it's not the weekend until so-and-so and I won't mention his name. So-and-so calls at seven o'clock on a Friday night, needing something <laughs> now it's the weekend. You know what I mean? And he would call on seven o'clock on a Friday night and be like, Oh, I need this ad put together. And I'm like, it has to be in by the morning. I'm like, it's seven o'clock and everybody's left. Well, you can work on it tomorrow morning, Tomorrow's Saturday, we were Monday through Friday. We're a corporate office, Monday through Friday, nine to five, you know, like, well, we can work on it at Saturday. I'm like, okay, you're paying right. No, I don't want to pay rush fees. When, when, when does this do? Well, it was actually due Thursday, yesterday. Um, and I'm like, dude, and, and I got wise to this. This was like constantly happening. I'm like, you had to sign this contract a month ago. You knew this a month ago. You waited until after the deadline. Oh, shit, that's right. Oh, oh, oh. And then you call us and you want us to work, uh, break, break our, our backs on a weekend, call people into the office on a weekend to get something done for you because you failed to plan. And that was like, it started getting old, you know? And, um, and, then, um, and then this business has taken off and it's a product business people first and it's in the weed industry right so it's like people love the products it's fun it's cool it's like it's 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 a very positive thing you're like oh my god I love this this is great man thank you um and so like it's very positive people appreciate what you do and like the grinders they just work like we have you know a whole you know set of our quality premium grinders they just work it's a block of metal it just works. You'll have this for the next 20, 30 years, you know. If I have someone like some random person, like I did have one guy who wasn't happy because he's like it was scuffed or something. I sent him another one. He's like, oh, that one's I'm like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Like they're, they're, I looked at him, they're absolutely pristine. Uh, he's probably just scamming me. I don't know. But but he was like, ah, I didn't complain. I'm like, all right, dude, here, here's your 20 bucks back. Have a good day. Right. That's it. It's not like a client where you where you just stuck to, you know, and you have to sure. p- appease them and please them, and they're your income,
1: you know. It's very different, I think, to your point. It kind of came to you. At the right time you you were able to kind of do it you you had this you know this client that kind of got you started here and you started recognizing hey and looking at your your prior history of being in business terms hey what what i really like about this let me get a chance to kind of get back to this let's circle back in terms of you you alluded to this a little earlier but you and Vinny now reconnected again in 2016. tell how Vinny and you guys reconnected again because this is is another great story in terms of how, how he found you again
2: yeah yeah so so um so what happened was you know i'm running a um all right there's no legalization right now by this point there's um legalization Colorado uh, California out west but like where I am not so much most states not so much um y- y- you can tell like it's coming but it's still just really not a thing just yet um and um uh, so you mostly people just don't really talk about it you know it's kind of hush hush and whatever and just like the guy who was working for me like you do he was, oh, yeah, yeah. um and so um um you know, so basically everybody in my life, everybody that I've ever worked with in business and my friends, my family, I'm the computer guy. I'm the computer nerd, right? I'm the screensaver guy. You know, uh, when I had round soft systems, we actually branded it. We're the screensaver guys. We had the little dancing macaroni guy as our logo. Um, so we're the screensaver guys, you know? So, so like, here's Eric, the tech nerd. You know, I've been doing this. I told you at like 14, I started writing like for, right. for, for a computer magazine because they didn't know how old I was, right? <laughs> so people who know me at this point, I'm what? 20 or 30, 25 years later or whatever. Um, I, um, I'm, the, I'm the computer nerd, right? That's what I do, right? Um, and um, so I had this Green Goddess thing going and it was mostly on Amazon originally. And then we realized, you know, at this point now, we're at that point where we realize there's a need. Let's build a brand around this. and let, So now I, I set up Facebook pages and, and Twitter accounts and all this stuff. And we're starting to promote it and all this stuff. And I get a call from Vincent. And this was at a point where, so in 93, we started working together. We worked together for 10 years from 93 to 03. Then he started going to game consoles, whatever. Then in 2009, we got back together to do iPhone stuff for a couple of years. And then, so this isn't the point where we're diverged again, but we'll just stay in contact whatever. So just as a friend, he calls me up and he's one day and he's like, hey, Eric. I saw you, uh, post it. Cause what I did was I, I had, um, you know, you do promotion stuff. I still do it to this day. We have promotion. We have different things that get posted to the social media for the company. And then I reshare it personally. Okay. So like green goddess had like uh, you know, some new product or something, you know, Oh, check this out. Blah, blah, blah. Then I share it personally. Cause I have my own followings and stuff. I'm just, I'm just trying to amplify and get content out. Right. Okay. I'm sure you do the same thing with your podcast. You promote it out personally too afterwards or whatever. So I promote it. So he sees that, he calls me up, he goes, hey, I saw you, um, you, you pushed out this, um, you reshared a, a thing from this company from Green Goddess Supply. I'm like, Yep. He goes, you know those guys? I'm like, yeah, I do. How well? Really well, really well. I know them really well. Really? Can you make an introduction to me? I'm pretty sure I could do that. I'm pretty sure I could do that. <laughs> he he was girl, right? yeah. yeah. Like it, it
1: was, it was
2: kind of a funny call. I'm like, yeah, I can do that. Yeah. What, what are you looking for? Why, why? He goes, how do you, how do you know them? How do you know them? I'm like, I am them. <laughs> He's like, it was just like, <laughs> confused, like yeah, right. <laughs> confused pause. Like, wait, wait, what,
1: what? who's punking who here? What's going on here? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like what?
2: And I'm like, no, no. I'm like, yeah, that's me. That's my thing. That's why I'm promoting. it. I said, you have a weed business? I said, well, well, it's not really a weed business. I said, it's, uh, um, I, I made a joke about, I used to make a joke about this at the time, because I mean, we're not, we're non-plant touching, or the, the terms we use are non-plant touching. You know, we're not a, a grow a cultivation operation. We're not growing weed. We're not selling weed. We're not a dispenser, retail dispensary, or adult use, or medicinal uh, use dispensary. So we're non-plant touching. The other terminology is, is ancillary product. Products where you know they call it what we do with grinders, rolling trays, or blocks of wood, blocks of metal, whatever, right? Um, they're um, non non med non medical inventory or ancillary inventory, ancillary products. So um, so we're not selling. But but it is funny because I went from being like the computer guy to like the weed guy, and I'd say like, well, I'm not really the weed guy. I'm more like the weed guy's cousin, you know. Oh. <laughs> right. Um, and, um, so I said, yeah, why, why? So we'll go back to Vincent, you know, I'm like, yeah, yeah. So I said, yeah, I, I launched, a, a, an ancillary products company. Um, it's a little skunk works thing and it started to take off and it's going really well. And so we doubled down on it and I've gotten, I've gone all in on it, you know? And, and at this point I was still running the consulting agency, but really losing interest fast, you know? And I'm like, all right, this is, I, I see this is now I'm trying to figure out where we're going to go with all this. And I'm like, why? He goes, well, do you know that I've been growing since the 70s that I went to school for botany and plant morphology originally. Um, And I'm a breeder and I do consulting for large California grows and like warehouse size grows. And when they have like Pest problems, spider mite infestations or things like that, uh, you know, best practices, all that kind of, I'm like, this is all news to me. I'm like, no, I have no idea. But, you know, and it's one of those, like, if you could ever picture, you know, the older crowd here, uh, if you remember, like wallets with the photos, of, you know, like, uh, uh, the yeah. you know, let me show you a photo, you know he was like that with uh, pulled out his I'll never forget pulled out his, his phone and was like let me show you some photos of my plants <laughs> you know, like, 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 my 38,000 literally not kidding he has like 38,000 photos on his phone you know it's like oh let me show you my plants and zoom in and trichomes and all the stuff and I'm like whoa 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 what um so I'm like no I had no idea he goes yeah well he goes I invented um I invented something and I want to bring it to market um and that's why I was called. He was calling to, say, do you know, those guys, like maybe you can network me in with these guys. And he goes, I don't want to start from scratch. I want to start to build a whole brand, build a whole company, do all, you know, he's like, I want to work with someone who's already got a business, got a brand, got things going. he's like, I, I saw this and he says I wanted to reach out and see if they wanted to pick this up as a product. I'm like, Oh, well, what is it? Said, oh, well, I invented this home grow box, but it's really different than anything else on the market. It's a totally different approach. Like, tell me about it so um, that was the the beginnings of what eventually became the armoire and we patented it and and it was a it was a con it was a concept at the time and um it back in 2016 and we ended up doing a deal and he came on board um and now this is the first time that he um we're working together again, but we're working in the same company. It's not his company, my company, partnering, but actually, we're together. We're in the same business. Um, he's he's uh, uh, chief uh, cannabis officer, president, chief cannabis officer of the company, um, and um, and invented the RMR, which we then refined, uh, got it through pre production, production, and and prototyping, and all that stuff, and and into uh, mass market.
1: I was going to ask at that point, you had just been. Finding third-party products, you hadn't necessarily created your own products. So you guys were sourcing, using your seven-point criteria to find products that that would work. But you hadn't necessarily created your own products yet. But this this is the first time saying, "Hey, we're going to develop our own product," or had you started doing that before? We had started, started
2: doing that already. Yeah. Okay. So so if I back up a little bit in our in our path, at first, yeah, we were just reselling. You know, it started off as the Amazon thing, just fulfilling demand. So, you know, slingshot rubber chickens and things like that. And then we found, oh, wait a minute, this niche of, of smoking products. But initially it was the same thing, like just fulfilling demand of like people looking for X, let's just do that. And then when we realized where the, you know, when I started analyzing it, um, and, and, um, analyze the whole market and figured out where the demand, uh, or where the uh, issues and holds are in the, in the, in the smoke shop type marketplace and the issues, um, that um, we, uh, we started to apply uh, marketing um, principles to, to, to this business, um, which is the normal stuff you do in every other industry. But the weed industry is really interesting. Um, and that's, that's an overstated euphemism. It's interesting. <laughs>
1: um,
2: it's, uh, it's probably one of the most unprofessional businesses I've ever been in before. It's like the Wild West. Um, it's, it's maddening at times, very maddening. Um, it's really hard to start a business in this industry. It's really hard. I'm more than happy to come back and talk about that. Um, but it's hard to start a, a business in this industry. It's hard to maintain a business. Um, it is like the Wild West. Um, and it's very unprofessional, very disjointed. It's not organized. It's, it's a mess. It's a chronic mess um and um but also therein lies a lot of opportunity okay and there's an old saying um you know in the land of the blind the one-eyed guy is king (laughs) and i'm like i got i got one eye i can do this you know um because i would take like i was running this interactive agency digital marketing agency so like in construction cabinetry we would do um, co-op marketing all the time for our, with our clients, okay? So if they're running an ad, um, an ad in a magazine and they do kitchen cabinetry design, if they show a photo that's from Omega Cabinets or Mirror lot and they put the, they use like, let's say it's Omega Cabinets, put the Omega logo in there, Omega will, will, for that advertising efforts and so forth, they'll pay for half that ad. So the cabinet design firm that's running that ad gets their ad subsidized. Okay, and they call that like co-op marketing. Right? And they've been doing this for years in all these other industries. I come to the smoke shop industry and I'm like, hey, I want to do co-op marketing with you, okay, with your shop. Let's promote some Green Goddess products in your shop. I'll pay for the mailings. I'll pay for, you know, I, I was actually paying for three quarters, uh, two thirds, two thirds of the, of the mailer. Okay. Um, I'll design it all in house for free. I'll pay for all the printing of it. You just pay for the postage. So you pay about a third of what you normally do when you get this, right? And we'll do it as co-op. They thought I was a genius. Like I made up something that like, have <laughs> never heard of this before, right. you know? So here I am, the one-eyed guy, you know? I mean, you know, and, and it was like, okay. So there's a lot of opportunity in the industry because it's a mess, because it's not organized. There is no no channels of distribution. It's just, it's a big, huge right. mess. And part of the reason is because it's a brand new industry and, and, and it's coming out of the dark shadows of the illicit market. So the guy who's been growing illegally forever, um, um, maybe even gotten busted for it. And then all of a sudden now we have legalization. I can do this for real legally. I know what I'm doing. Now I'm gonna go legit. I've been growing forever. But that guy's is not a small businessman. He doesn't know how to run a business. He's never run. So in this industry, they're all first time entrepreneurs who don't know how things are done. Don't understand for, you know, it's just some guy who grew some bomb ass weed and now he's gonna start a cultivation business you know, he knows how to do the product, but he doesn't know anything about, you know, running the rest of the business. So, so,
1: so, here, so, here, so here you're coming as, as a marketing business guy with putting that, that, that mindset to it. And so, you know, so you know, the reason I was asking about the, the, yeah. the, the developing the product is again, you know, so Vince wasn't the first time you'd done, you'd done it, but right. you, were, you were open to say, Hey, okay. So he has an idea, right? So, right? so, you know, okay, we'll take the idea from the idea stage. Okay. How do we get that thing to where it's going to be mass produced and, yeah okay. So that wasn't a, an overnight yeah, over, type thing. Yeah,
2: over the first two years, we went from just resell, you know, just a skunk worked project, a throwaway project because we're doing this part of a client project. Um, and so we selling, you know, uh, rubber cockroaches and stuff um, to, um, all right, wait a second, you know, let, let, refining more into the smoke shop industry, then building things in a brand around the brand. and But again, just fulfilling demand for what's there. Then realizing there's demand for things um, but maybe they're not as good. Like a lot of people want X, but there aren't a lot of good solutions for X. The, the products that are out there are kind of crappy or whatever. We, we could do this better, come up with a better product. So then we started break busting out you know, the CAD software and designing things. But then what I would do is I would go to the factory that makes those things. Let's say I want a grinder. Like a grinder was a good example, but I found there were problems with grinders. Like there are a lot of grinders out there, a lot of grinders out there, but they all suck. Okay, they all have certain common flaws in them, and we can make a better build a better mouse trap. So I went to a company that's fabricated, this like an aluminum shop that's that's doing aluminum grinders, but saying, Here are my CAD drawings, here I like. I want you to make this for me. Oh, yeah, we can do that. So I started doing contract manufacturing, um, where we would develop our own pro and then we do all our own packaging and boxing and you know, and all that stuff. And we were creating our own projects, products. Not in-house, like I have my own factory, like I don't have a a metal shop, you know, in the back room, you know, so we weren't doing them directly with my own employees, but it was contract manufacturing. And I had built it up to where I had back then maybe about a dozen, now I have several dozen, but back then maybe about a dozen different, you know, these are my metal guys or my aluminum guys, those are my titanium guys, these are my glass guys, those are my silicone guys, these are my wood guys, you know, maybe pine over here, bamboo guys and whatever. And, and I'd have these different factories and different, you know, um, fabrication places and somewhere in the U S somewhere in China, somewhere they're all over the world, you know, somewhere in Massachusetts, somewhere in Rhode Island, somewhere in Texas. Um, But I'd have all these, I just aggregate together all these different manufacturers that would do specific products for me. So we started custom designing our own products um, and then going to uh, uh, fabricators who are doing something similar to it already, and then say, "Well, can you make this for me with this design?" Which is really interesting because there is like uh, there's a rolling tray that we have um, that I designed personally, and it has some little quirks and idiosyncrasies from my personality. Like I just want this over here because of this, and it was really funny seeing these things. Like now I go on Amazon and I can see it in silicone, and it's my design, but they knock, knock offs from China. You know, they like <laughs> right. my design was, was. We sold a shitload of them on Amazon. So then all of a sudden other people on Amazon, well, now my designs are in silicone and other things. And I'm like chuckling over that. I'm like, yeah, I sat in a CAD program and, and designed that, you know, but whatever. Um, but um, so when he came along and was, and was talking about this, it was a more ambitious, it was, a, it was a, 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 a more ambitious project for sure. It's a very ambitious project, but it was within my comfort zone of like, this. this is the direction we're going. Um, and having more unique, original products was a big differentiator versus just you know if I'm just reselling a product, the same thing that you that you know Amazon's done that to us. Amazon, um, um, they're they're terrible. They're they're like as bad as Walmart in terms of being predatory and all that stuff. Amazon, you're selling on their platform. They compete with their own sellers, um, and they can they see all the data. And they also, when you're selling on their platform, they say. That's their customers, not your customer. Um, so you come out with some kind of you know widget or something, and you start selling that, and it's going really well. They see all the data, they see something spiking, and there's good profit margins. They go and source it, and they start selling it. Um, you know, computer mice from Logitech were taken off, so they went and they Amazon Basics. Actually, that's what I have here. You know, an, an Amazon <laughs> mouse, right? right. Um, and they just do a knockoff, and they start selling it. Um, And then all of a sudden Logitech sales go like that. Um, And they've done it to me. I have products that they weren't selling. I started selling a shitload of them. And then all of a sudden, one day I walk in and we're doing like a thousand units a week. And I walk in on a Wednesday and sales were zero. Wait a minute, we're doing a thousand a week. How come it went to zero? And we go and look, oh, Amazon just started stocking a, a similar product. And they take over the buy box and now our sales went to nothing and they're stealing all our sales now. It's very predatory. I think action actually should be illegal. It's like inside trading or something. You know, it's like, I oh,
0: no, yeah. there, 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 there were some, there were some uh, lawsuits involving that. Yeah. This oh, recently. Yeah.
2: Oh yeah, there are, there are, it's, it's starting to, people are, people have had it and um, our Amazon, we're, we're doing very little on Amazon these days now. It's kind of funny where it started, but it was the genesis of the idea, but now yeah. we're, it's all off Amazon. Oh
1: well, and you were smart enough given your experience too to start to kind of build that brand, right? So the idea of kind of starting this thing around third party stuff, and then okay, then you started to say, We got a brand here. Now let's start creating our own stuff and starting to kind of get into that. So we, you know, you get yourself off of there to where you have the customers being your own. I know you you mentioned when we, when we first talk about you know you know running a small business is very hard. You said, but in this industry, it's even more and more difficult. So let's talk a little bit about some of the, some of the challenges there, whether it be from like you were saying in terms of just how you market the products, right? There are certain things you can or cannot say, or you know, if you had some different stories where, um, hey, all of a sudden we can't get we can't get payment anymore. Just touch on yeah. a few of the things that kind of happen in terms of like things that you sure. know that that are just kind of unique to this industry. That even as a business guy coming into it, you're like, man, this is frustrating. You're get, you know, get ready to kind of pull your hair out.
2: It it is it is it's um it's th- th- we have a lot of passion, um for this industry and for the product line. I mean, fast forward now, we've been doing this for about seven years, and we're really invested. We have a, a, a just a deep, deep, deep passion for this. Um, we feel like we're changing lives for the better. We're helping people. It's it's really come a long way. You know, it was one of those things. The very early days, it was just a little side project for something else or whatever but it's what sparked it and caught our attention. And then as we started, you know, you start pulling on the thread and unwraps the whole tapestry and you go, wait a second. And then, you know, and then we've gone all in. So now, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a very, and and that's why I ended up selling that agency. There was another agency that wanted to do roll up buy little agencies, do roll ups and stuff. And I just sold that and just went a hundred percent all in on this because, um, and that was the Genesis of it when, when he came with the grow box, um, and, um, Um, you know, and show me what he had done because people would come to him and say, hey, yeah, you know, you're growing all these great, amazing, that's great, you know, uh, for medicinal, you know, I've got whatever, back pain, glaucoma, anxiety, whatever. Insomnia, I can't sleep at night. You know, I just just want to grow one plant for myself. Can you teach me to grow? And it's like, where do I even begin? It's kind of like just going up to a mechanic and saying, yeah, I want to disassemble my engine and put it back together. Can you teach me? And it's like, where do you even begin? And I was like, Oh yeah, this is not trivial. Like this is, it's really complicated. It's like, where do you even begin? And so the more he started thinking about, and he had multiple people just show me, I just want to grow one plant just for myself at home. That's all I need. And so thinking about it, he realized, well, if I created a grow box, and if I did very different than anything, the way things were being done at the time, but if I can create, if I can control the entire environment, it's my fans, the lights, the box, the whole environment, that greatly simplifies things. Because now all these, you, I've just eliminated a whole bunch of the variables that make this all complicated. And then if we do this, and if we do this, and if we do this, and that he's like, yeah, you know what, I can do this. And what we ultimately what we developed with the armoire, and we'll come back to this later, but what we developed with the armoire was something that was ergonomic there was a lot of older folks using it like baby boomers yeah. and retirees so it was it's very ergonomic um it was discreet it, we call it the armoire cuz it looks like an armoire it looks like a cabinet it's very discreet it doesn't look like a grow tent you can have it in your living room you know not trying to hide it in an attic or a, or a basement um and it's designed to be super simple basically you know if you've got opposable thumbs you're qualified like anybody can do this and 95% of our customers have never grown before don't know what they're doing just water it once a day, like a house plant, and they're successful. Um, and so it was a very different kind of product that we are, our whole mission now is we're empowering everybody and anybody to be able to grow their own uh, meds at home quickly, easily, discreetly, and inexpensively. And that's, a, that's, a, that's our mission. We're very passionate about that. Um, but the, the path to get here, um, and, and, and still today, actually, we, we still have these problems, we still encounter these problems. So, um, starting, I've been a serial entrepreneur. So, going back to since I left CVS in 1993, um, from 93 till now, I started my business in '90 while I was at CVS, like as a side thing. Um, and so, I had, I've had four businesses that I built, sold off. That spawned another one, sold out, spawned another one. You know, Green Goddess is now the fourth. Okay, the first three were all in tech, and now this is the fourth one. Um, and, and, and in the third one, we were doing all that consulting. Like, so I had plumbers and lawyers and doctors were doing all helping them with marketing. So, so we were like business consultants. So I'm very strong business side. Working in this industry has been more complicated than, than anything I've ever more, more challenging than anything I've ever done. When you run a small business running a, I say this all the time, running a small business is very difficult. Okay. If you're a, um, an entrepreneur. And I do recommend, there's a book called the E-Myth. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, highly recommend the E-Myth um, for the small uh, guy, guy who wants to start his own small business. Um, it explains the E-Myth. The E is the entrepreneurial, the entrepreneurial myth. And what is the entrepreneurial myth? The entrepreneurial myth is that if you're a bricklayer and you're really, really good at it, you're really a great bricklayer. And you're just frustrated with management, the company and where you work. You don't think you're getting your, your you know, your, 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 due and all that. So you say, screw it. I'm going to go out and start my own bricklaying company. And so you go and you start your own bricklaying company. And then the family, the your family's all proud. Oh, look at Billy, Billy, you know, the entrepreneur of the family starting his own, you know, bricklaying company. No, that's the entrepreneurial myth. You, he's not an entrepreneur. He's a small business owner. An entrepreneur is a visionary. of It's it's different. It's a visionary. It's someone. Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, those are entrepreneurs. They're, they're visionary. They see a need in the market. They see and they go after. It. Yes, they are small business owners, but it's small business owners plus. It's 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 more than just. No, you start a small business, you're a small business owner. You're not not necessarily an entrepreneur. You could be an entrepreneur, but most likely you're probably not. Um, and starting that small business, you know, and the E Myth is a great book because it explains how. It's really complicated just because you're a great bricklayer and really good at that. Maybe the best in the world at it doesn't mean you're great at running a business that lays bricks, you know, all of the paying the taxes, doing the marketing and and managing people and hiring and firing and, and, and leadership skills and all these other things that go into, no, you may be a great, they call that the technician, right? You're a great technician. You're really good at making the product. But you need man. You need the managerial types. You need that entrepreneurial vision. Where are we going in the marketplace with this? What solutions are we, uh, uh, or what problems are we solving, et cetera, et cetera? And you know, when you start a small business, you've got all that, everything I just mentioned, you know, hiring, firing, managing people, leadership skills, you got to pay taxes, you got regulations up the yin-yang today. It's like every time you turn around, there's some tax filings, you got the city, you got the state, you got the feds, you got quarterly things, you got weekly things, you got yearly things, you got a file and datelines and all the deadlines and and you just all this operational shit you have to do and compliance and laws and regulations, and you can't say this, and your packaging can't say this, and must have that. And you need these, you know, there's just so many things beyond just because I'm really good at making bricks or laying bricks, right? Um, building countertops, but there's all OSHA laws and, and, and all this other stuff, right? It's really complicated. If you take all of that, and consider that all just ante to play in the game of starting a business, starting a business in in the weed industry is all that. You you, you got all that too, but if you started a restaurant, if you opened a restaurant, you don't have to worry about walking in one day and finding out that you, you can't take credit cards today because they turned off your merchant account because you're in the weed industry. Okay. Now this has happened to me. This has happened to me. It's happened to almost everybody probably, but it's happened to me more than once. The first time it happened, I walked in one day, e- e-commerce through our website doing, you know, doing our volume churning and churning and churning. And I walk in one day, the website's dead. Haven't t- how come we have no orders today? Find out. And then you look at your emails. Uh, we were working with a company called EVO Payments, EVO um, EVO payments. We had been used, you know, through authorized.net, they were powering our, our credit card processing. Um, we were working with EVO payments for, I don't know, two, three years, no problems, no chargeback issues, no fraud issues, everything clean, clean as a whistle, no issues. Um, we were paying about double the rates of everybody else because we're selling, uh, smoke shop accessories, pipes and stuff, and they call that high risk. This is high risk. There's no risk, but it's considered high risk. So instead of 1.79%, we're paying like 3.5, four or five, up to some places up to nine percent. You know, it's like, but we were, we were paying like I think I think 3.79 instead of 1.79, we're paying 3.79% processing, um, and um, uh, so you're paying double the rates. For, for, the, for, the, for the benefit of, of, for, of, of using their, of their, their service. But what happened was they EVO payments as a public, you know, billion, multi-billion dollar company, they wanted to sell the company to some other merchant processor. And in selling their business, they wanted to clean up the books and clean up, they wanted to get rid of all the high-risk merchant stuff to look cleaner to a potential suitor. So just like that with a business decision and a stroke of a pen, They turned off 3000 merchant accounts. We were one of those 3000 people in in the weed industry all got shut off. Now, again, I'd say in the weed industry, in the greater weed industry, but we're selling everything we sell is perfectly legal. The blocks of wood, you know, storage boxes, rolling trays, grinders, you know, it's all basic, uh, all legal. um, And we did nothing wrong. It had nothing to do with us. And the funny thing was, but it upended us. They called, they called, uh, uh, I got this email. It wasn't a call. It was an email. I got an email on a Tuesday. I called them, Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. what's going on here? Like, Oh yeah, we're terminating all, all our high risk accounts. And then she told me like, yeah, we're doing a sale and then, and they need to clean up the books and blah, 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 blah. This is all about us. It's not about you. You know, it's, it's not, it's not you. It's me. <laughs> um, and, um, so they shut us off and they said, and this was on a Tuesday, he said, but we'll keep processing, you know, but we'll, we know you're going to need some time to go get another process. So we'll keep processing through the end of the week. You know, you have until Friday. Well, if you know anything about, about merchant accounts and stuff, really, really lightning fast would be like a week. Usually it's two to three weeks it can take up to a month to go through the product because you have to, and then now it's three months of bank statements. And it's all, it's like applying for a mortgage. You have all this paperwork you got to do, all these things you got to fill out. They got, and then it's got to go through underwriting and then they got to check your website and compliance and legal department and all these departments that's got to go through and all this stuff. Um, it, 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 it takes anywhere from one to four weeks to get up and running. So they, 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 they kindly gave me three days, you know? <laughs> so, so basically we um, we, we scrambled and, um, and I had to make alternate arrangements. Um, we were down for about a week where I had an entire week of no cash flow because at that point it was very heavily through it. wasn't, you know, we still do the Amazon and other things, but it was heavily through our own website. And the website went dark because we couldn't process credit card payments. Um, and I eventually got it back up and running. And about a month later, I get a call. Hi, this is Barry from EVO Payments. Um, Hey, listen, I have you on a list here. We used to do processing with you, right? But we got bought out by a new company and that new company wants your business back. I am too polite to to recount what I told (laughs) him. Because now, like again, this had nothing to do with us but we got shafted for it. And then a month later, we want you back. I'm like, it's a little late for that. I'm already up and running with someone else. You know, it's like, so, but those kinds of things happen. Um, we, we pay high, everything is high. We call it the cannabis tax. Um, yeah. You, you, you free, free, free checking. Oh no, 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 You sell even you know, CBD stores or whatever, CBD or anything in the, in the greater weed industry, anything. Oh, you're you just, you even look sideways at the weed industry. Oh, well then, you know, oh, we have a special uh, hundred bucks a month, you know, for, for your account. Every little thing its nickel and dimed. Every little thing costs more. Everything Everything is more complicated. You have a whole nother layer of regulations and issues and problems layered on top of, every, of what you can say, what you can't say, you can't use this word. You can't use that word. You can't say cannabis on any of your stuff. You can't do this, you can't do that. And if you do, they shut they shut you down. People losing their, their payment processing accounts. Um, we just lost another payment processing account, and I'm dealing with it this week um, uh, on one of our websites that is absolutely ridiculous, has nothing to do with anything. We have a standalone website, and there's nothing to do with weed, nothing to do with cannabis, nothing to do with pipes. It's completely innocuous, has nothing to do with anything. But they said, yeah, but, but we know what business you're in. Otherwise, over here, I mean, it's completely unrelated URL, completely unrelated everything. Yeah, but we, but we know, like the average customer going there no would idea. never see all no. this stuff, okay? But does, well, yeah, but your company works in this stuff, so, so therefore, um, we can't do this. So, you know, we shut, and they, they, they shut me off. Uh, what they ended up doing was they said we'll keep processing your payments, but we're not releasing funds until you get another solution. So they kept processing orders and keeping my money. And it was even better than that; they would keep my money, but they would still keep charging my, my fees. <laughs> so they would they would they would deduct from my checking account the fees related to the transactions they're processing, but, but never the deposit the cash. So they just keep taking money away, not deposit, and they're sitting on it. Until I get alternate processing, so I'm beaten on the. So I've gotten approved by an alternative processor, but going through the whole process, I'm still waiting. It should have been yesterday. I didn't hear from them. I'm like I haven't heard from you guys. Like it's it's a hassle. It's a problem.
1: So, so even the even the basic stuff, like you're saying, just to be able to kind of you know deal with regulations, more regulations, mm-hmm. to be able to deal with just something as simple as processing mm-hmm. payments and, and just getting money, and you know the, the most basic thing as part of a business becomes very very challenging. Touch on a little bit in terms of the, the, the marketing piece. So the fact that you came from a marketing background, you, you touched mm-hmm. on it a little earlier in terms of just how you, you know, you got into PC world in the first place through some basic PR stuff, but talk about some of the ways you've had to be kind of creative in terms of, you know, you know, you can't take advantage of certain things that people may or are doing today because of those different regulations or whatever. So how yeah. you kind of got around those to be able to help to, 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 to keep growing this brand?
2: Right, right, right. Very challenging. That's the other thing. Um, and I, you know, and I was just t- talking with Vincent, um, I think just yesterday I was saying it again. I'm like, I can't even imagine how productive I could be if I weren't spending literally like 60% of my time, just retreading things that if I were running a restaurant, I wouldn't be dealing with like that, like, like re like reapplying for merchant accounts, pulling the last three months of bank statements and all these different things and blah, blah, blah. And just all these issues and recreating accounts and setting things up again, all this operational BS that I get pulled into that distracts me from moving the business forward um, you talk about marketing and things like that. So for example, all day long I get, and it's, it, it just annoys the crap out of me all day long. I get inundated with, uh, marketing people sending me like, like we can help you with Facebook marketing. We can help you with your ads. We can improve your ads. We can improve your all day long. Right. And I'm sure people like you've probably seen those other, other entrepreneurs probably get all those things. And it's slightly annoying for me. It's annoying and a little salt in the wound because I can't do any of it anyway. You know, it's like, oh, we can help you with your Facebook marketing. I can't market on Facebook, okay? Nothing we do is illegal. I don't touch the, pl- I, I understand even to the level, like a dispensary, not advertising on, you know, like, but they have their community standards, okay? And so their community standards say things like, it's not about legal, tobacco, uh, like a cigar shop. I saw this when I, when I had my marketing agency. We had a client that was a cigar shop and he couldn't run ads on for his cigar shop on Facebook. They're like, no, no tobacco, no tobacco, no firearms, no alcohol. Um, you know, we have teenagers on here and blah, 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 blah. However, they have all this very powerful demographic targeting capabilities, like only 21 plus, only in these states. Only I could target this to only hit the people in the legal areas who are adults who are already following High Times magazine or whatever and all that by interest and all that doesn't matter. You can't advertise even selectively uh, just in legal states. You can't advertise. You can't, you can't do it. So we can't advertise on Google. You know, what are the two biggest ways people advertise a business these days? Facebook and Google. I can't advertise on either one of them. Right. So what do you do? So what we've had to do is pivot. And we've tried, we tried in the past um, uh, ads on, on vertical industry niche verticals, And we're starting to do more of that now. It was harder in the past because there wasn't a lot of it and it wasn't good. Um, It's becoming mainstream now, so we have there's more opportunities today than there were, you know, five or seven years ago. Um, But like five and seven years ago was even more challenging. It's like where do you advertise? How do you? All we could do is is they would allow us to do social organic. Like we can have a page. And it can all be about, hey, learn how to grow or whatever. It can be an educational page, learning how to grow and that kind of stuff. And then we just build a following, build a following. So people hear about us, learn about us. And then in the process of like, oh, well, I'm using, you know, canadize to do my stress training on my plant. Whatever. Oh, canadize. That's cool. Where'd you get that? Oh, I got it over here. You know, So just just word of mouth and building community. So we couldn't directly advertise, but we could build community and awareness. Okay. okay. Organically. Um, however, over the last couple of years, they started cracking down on that. Now they just shut down weed pages. Oh, you're showing illegal goods. Like, no, I'm showing educate, like how to grow and whatever. I'm not selling weed, you know, but they shut down. They love shutting down pages. I came in one day, our Instagram was shut down. I had spent now there was a time. See, this is the other thing that really killed me with Facebook. I absolutely hate Facebook, um, as a business. I hate them. Um, they, um, um, they would allow me to advertise. I couldn't advertise products or services, but I could advertise the page. Okay. okay, it was a nuance. So I had spent tens and tens and tens of thousands, many tens of thousands of dollars building my page. I built my page to where I had uh, like 50, 60,000 followers on my, my green goddess Facebook nice. page. Okay. Right. Lots of engagement and all this stuff. Then they wanted to increase advertising, so they, 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 what they did was they started decreasing organic uh, exposure on the pages so that you'd have to do advertising instead. The net to us in this industry, what they tried to do is say, well, we're not giving it to you free anymore. You have to pay for it. So we're gonna decrease your engagement because you've got to pay for it now, except you're not allowed to pay for it anyway. You can't advertise anymore. So they, they hurt my engagement with no recourse, okay? Um, and and it was one step worse. They would allow me at one point to build the page, to build to, to do advertising of the page. So I spent all this money building that page. And then they and then after I'd spent, I don't know, 40, 50 grand over however many you know, months and years building all this, you know, juggernaut on my page. Oh, you're doing weed type stuff. They shut down my page. I'm like, I paid 40 grand to you. To, 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 (laughs) to to advertise and build this page. And then like, oh yeah, no, we're shutting down that page now. Um, They've shut, I've, I've come in one day, my, my Facebook was shut down. I got it back. I came in one day, this was more recently about uh, Instagram. We were fine. And then I came in one day about two months ago, our Instagram page was shut down. I got that back not easy, but I got it back. Um, the, a harder thing was one day I came in and I woke up, came into work and found out Facebook blocked my website URL. That was like a death sentence because just www.greengoddessupply.com. So Organic, Even in Messenger, if you and I are friends and I said, hey, go check out my website, www, it would block it. unsafe URL and it would block. I couldn't even message it to you. I couldn't do a post. Any of my thousands or tens of that 56,000 followers on my page, if anyone thought something was really cool and wanted to reshare something, they couldn't reshare it if it had a, my URL in it. They couldn't post anything like, oh, check this out. Candidate. This is really cool. Go here. Nobody could. So all the viral viral, everything just came to a screeching halt. They blocked my URL and essentially it's impossible to get it unblocked. Um, I did yeah. get it unblocked. I did get it <laughs> unblocked. Um, But at, that's a um so you're, I your have tech, some,
1: I, your tech background coming into it where you understand how this stuff kind of works and what they kind of push and do. And, and also just being, you know, being very aggressive and assertive with the way you are to kind of, Hey, you keep pushing until you get the answer you want. Right.
2: And in this industry, I hate to say this, but I've done some things that um, we've had, we had a situation once we literally hired um, triads with lead pipes to go and and stare down someone at a factory <laughs> in China. That is a true story. <laughs> it's insane this business is insane you see, it's a wild west i would say
1: you seem to be loving it though you seem you seem to be you seem to be made for it and and getting you know you wouldn't have known it but the, the, your 30 prior years of history of, of being in business doing what you're kind of doing has prepared you for this to be able to to, 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 to you know you're the guy with that machete you know chopping stuff down and and and, and Hopefully, you know uh, the folks that come behind you start to appreciate a lot of things that, that you've been able to do, a lot of the battles you've kind of fought that, that they're going to benefit from, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. It's it's. I will tell you this. Um, I would probably like. I, I don't. I don't. You know. You never know because it's it's hindsight. Hindsight's twenty twenty, and you never know. You know. But my gut tells me if I knew everything that I know now today and everything that I would go through, I probably like back <laughs> six years ago, I probably would have said screw that. Right. Yeah, I'm not doing this. But what happens is you get into it, you're learning, you're experiencing and you hit a wall. So you scale it like I'm a problem solver. I just I'll knock that wall down. All right, let's keep going. Let's keep going. And then you hit another wall. Like, All right. Well, this is inconvenient. But you blow a hole in that one and you keep going. And then you hit another wall. Looking back, it's like, oh, my God. But now we're into it. Like we got this thriving business. We got the whole thing. We're doing what we're doing. And what I do see is, especially with the armoire now, we're changing people's lives. We're changing people's lives for the better. I mean, we, we, we said we're on a mission. We're empowering people to take control. And, um, and it's not like, you know, it's someone who, um, um, like we have case studies on this, like a baby boomer retiree, um, can't afford that their meds anymore. Well, now they can get a box and grow them themselves at home. And instead of $6,000 a year at a dispensary, which is okay when they were both, you know, dual income, both working, kids are all growing, gone. They're, you know, maybe 55 or 60 years old, earning good money, both of them. Were, you know, spending, dropping 500 bucks a month for your meds between the two of you at a dispensary is inconvenient, but, but fine until you get to retire. And now, now you're on fixed pensions and social security. And you're like, oh, wow, this is like six grand a year. Well, now they've taken that down to $200 a year for soil and water and call it a day, you know, and now, and, and, and they can grow the strains they need, like I I need, you know, for my medical condition, or whatever, I need this strain with this kind of terpene profile with what, you know, Um, and I can't get that at my local dispensary, but I grow it myself, though, right, you know, high CBD strains, or whatever it is. Um, And, um, and so we see it all day long, we have um, and some of them are heartbreaking stories. Um, husband bought the box. He's, he's grown it for his wife. Who's, who's on her, her third round of chemo, you know, like cancer keeps coming back and they keep fighting it. And, and it's for her anti-nausea and stuff. And he's grown it for his wife. Um, we've had, um, we had, we had one actually came back. They ended up refunding because they, they ordered it and then called back a couple of days later and, and canceled the order because they ordered like over a weekend on a Friday at night or whatever. And we ship it, we'd ship out the next Monday. And then they called us like on Sunday and they're like, yeah, there were three of us, three army buddies, um, that all got together. And we, we all chipped in to buy this um, to, for, for our friend who's going through it, but he passed away. He had cancer and all stuff. He just passed away. So we don't need it anymore now. But those are the kinds of stories that we're dealing with on a daily basis. It's, it's heavily, heavily med use. It's um, um, medicinal. And so for us, we're on a mission that, yeah, it, it's a lot more than just the business. It's, you know, we, we are changing lives. Um, and uh, and helping people um people are growing in this and then like over the holidays we did a holiday bundle with the butter brewer infusion device so people are growing growing their plants in here um and then using it in the butter brewer to do infusions of coconut oils or butters and stuff to make edibles um like my mother has ms and she the edibles are a lifesaver for her she can't smoke she doesn't have a lung capacity she can't handle it but she does the edibles Um, and she has like myoclonus, she'll be like this, like Parkinson's kind of, you know, thing like myoclonus jerks and stuff and also the tremors and everything else. And she, she takes that and like 20 minutes later, she's steady, steady Eddie, you know, and and it's, it's, it is, it is medicine, you know? Um, uh, and, um, and, and that's, you know, Vincent too has stories with, with his mother, um, baking her brownies. She had cancer. She, she died from cancer, um, and just watching her just kind of. You know, wasting away and and just the pain and the issues and the nausea and all that stuff. And um, you know, he didn't cure her, but he greatly eased her transition and and made it more tolerable. You know, um,
1: those, those are important things to keep in mind. Like you said, when, you know, when, the, when the the day to day battles are coming in, and whether it's you know Instagram taking your account down or another payment processor kind of pulling you, it's like, okay. So how, how do you get re energized? By you? hey, you're taking a look at at, at at what you're doing, and again, you know, the, all the all the, the 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 benefits you're having, and so. You know if I were to ask you kind of you know, where do you see these things going again? You know, given the the different paths your 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 career has taken, um, likely this is not the maybe maybe this is the the last company that that you go to, but my guess is you might have some other things kind of going, whether they, they've already kind of presented themselves, or again, if we were to talk to you again, you know, a few years from now, you might have some other things that that, that kind of come up. But you know, to your point, you know, you're you're fully pregnant now again, you <clears throat> know, knowing what you know, but hey, you're in. You're, you're having a lot of fun doing it even with the challenges the challenges are probably part of what energizes you as well but take yeah, a lot of those yeah. safety and principles
2: and it, it it is one of those things where um i don't know a good analogy i should probably think of one and and have one ready but uh but may, maybe maybe kids you know kids can drive you crazy they can they can you know make you insane they're, they're you know obviously it's it's um uh very challenging to raise like i've raised children and um, time conflicts and everything. And then, you know, they, they, they can, you know, make you want to jump off a cliff at times, you know, um, and, and everything else. But on the other hand, at the end of the day, you wouldn't trade it for the world, you know, kind of thing. Um, it's got its problems and challenges, but it's also, you know, I don't know the right word for bittersweet. I don't know, but it's, but you wouldn't trade it for the world, you know? Um, and, um, and maybe that's the closest analogy that I can say is that, um, in this industry, uh, is, um, um, drives me bananas. It's got incredible amounts of challenges. It's not for the faint of heart. It really isn't. It's not for the faint of heart. Um, and, you know, again, knowing what I know now, maybe I would have chosen an easier path, you know, at the time and just said, uh, I don't even know if I want to go there, you know? Um, but like, like you said, you know, once you're in it, um, then, uh, you know, I'm in it to win it. And, um, and so, but looking back now, yeah, it, it there's a huge amount of job satisfaction, um, and that's one of the things that that that's a, a trade off too. And that's a classic trade. That's like with banking and investment bankers and all kinds of stuff. It's like, well, I can do this and I can make shitloads of money, but hate my job and hate my life. You know what I mean? You know, but 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 I make really good money. You know, I I could go back to to web development, programming, and consulting, and and just make really good money and and have a simple life and just not have any responsibilities. Just do my own thing and have a handful of clients and do my thing. You know. But here we're changing the world, you know, maybe in a little way, maybe in only a small little butterfly effect, you know, kind of thing. But, 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 but we are changing the world. We're changing lives. Um, And there, there is a whole other level of job satisfaction and, uh, we're on a we're on a mission. And I'm using that phrase more and more. We really are. We're on a mission. We're changing and improving lives, helping people. Um, and um, and it's it's you know, we want to make money um and you know and be successful, um, but we believe that if we do the right things, that will come, you know. Um and we're just trying to, you know, what we're doing is we're taking this mainstream. We're actually just about, we're like within a week or so away of launching. We're launching a, uh, a whole uh, Reg CF crowdfunding launch on uh, StartEngine. Uh, I don't know if you've seen their ads on TV now and that sort of thing, but they're really taking off, but it's a uh, SEC sanctioned, like it's not public, but it's like this quasi-public. It's a regulation crowdfunding, Reg, Reg CF. It's for equity. that uh, People actually get equity stake in the business. Um, So our customers um, and stakeholders can can take equity in the company and be part of this journey. Um, And we're doing that to scale this because we have new prototypes like the blonde one behind me. Um, We have new prototype units that we're working on bringing to market. And, um, and so now we're, we're just about done. We've been working on it for months, uh, from the end of last year that we've had to go through all kinds, it's, it's, it is SEC filed. So it's, it's, we've had to go through audits and all kinds of stuff. More
1: regulations, and, no big deal. You're used to that. More, more, more right, right, regulations
2: yeah. <laughs> and stuff, absolutely. You know? Um, but, uh, but we're pretty excited about it to, uh, to really just, you know, we're, basically we've got the product, we've got the flow, we know it works, we're changing lives, it's all going well. Now this is just for rocket fuel just to explode the business,
1: take it and run. Eric, you know, you have a wonderful story. And, you know, as you shared, you know, taking us and our audience through this, just starting with, you know, to me, one of the keys is being able to spot and take advantage of opportunities, you know, and you talk about like, just, you know, from your, you know, the the desk in the hall at CVS and, you know, how that turned into a fantastic opportunity from you, you know, to what happened in PC world and and Vinny, you know, there's so many things, these things that they kind of go, and then having a customer, like you said, come and telling you, hey, start up a separate business, you know, to keep, okay, well, so instead so, of so, so seeing those as like a bother or a challenge, seeing you know, what could come of this and, and just be able to kind of see the opportunity and sort of kind of go with it. So very, very inspirational story. You tell it very, very well, uh, you know, with, with, with tremendous passion. Um, and you know, we can see you doing this for 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 a very, very long time. And uh, you know, we, we really appreciate you coming on day to be able to kind of share your story with us and our audience and, and oh, kind absolutely. of get that out there to build, you know inspire folks whether it be to get in their own business to get you know whether they want to get into a weed related business or not you know or any kind of business you know what you've shared is in terms of you're a business guy your current business happens to be related to products that you know that you know service that entry but again you know if if another idea comes or opportunity comes here in the next five or ten years we know that you'll probably grab onto that as well and find ways to be able to do it because that's how you are that's that's how you've been since you're again writing at age 14 for 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 a PC magazine so yeah. that's a that's a wonderful wonderful thing
2: yeah, yeah. way back in the day I had um, uh, when I was younger and I was in my first business just a couple of years into it um, one of my ment- I had two mentors in my in my early business career um, and one of them was Vincent um, okay. we work together now uh, you know fast forward 25 28 years later Um but uh, Vincent, and then there was another fellow, and uh, he had been very successful, and he had just sold his business, and we were just chit-chatting, um, and he said, uh, you know, I was like, oh, what are you, you know, so, you know, what are you up to now? What are you going to, you know, what are you, uh, and he's like, yeah, I'm, I just uh, just started a, and now he was in software. It was, it was a computer tech software guy. He's like, yeah, I'm, um, I'm starting a speedboat fabrication business, and I was like, what? He goes, yes. And I'm like, oh, that's really different. Like what, like what what? He goes, Yeah, well, you know, you, you know, some someday you'll sell your business, go do something different. And I couldn't, I remember I could not get my head around that. I'm like, what? No, I'm like Bill Gates. I'm just gonna build this forever and I'm just gonna build it and grow it. And I'm gonna have this, you know, 50 years from now, I'll still be running Ryan soft systems. You know, I'm just gonna build it and grow it, and scale it forever. He goes, Yeah, no, you won't. And he was right. And right. I, I, I couldn't I couldn't see that. I'm like, what? No. But in my journey now, I'm on my fourth business. And now I'm not even in tech anymore. Now I'm in the wee business. But at the end of the day, business is business, you know? And I learned right. that a long time ago. I was on a train ride uh, out to the Midwest. And a guy got on in New York City. I got in Boston. We went down. The guy got in in New York City. And then it went out to the West. And, um, and he was all covered in paint. And if you've ever ridden a uh, long-term on a train, uh, you go for the dinner, uh, on the dinner cards, they just pack you all in your like little boot, like diner boots. And they just pack you all in because the space is so limited. So you just sit with random strangers and stuff. So I'm sitting across from this guy, he's all covered in paint and stuff. I'm like, Oh, so what do you do? He ran a business that builds sets for Broadway plays and stuff so you know whatever lion king and evita and whatever you know your uh mama mia whatever you got stage sets and he was all in paint and covered in paint because he had just finished and just jumped around the train after work and was heading out west and um and as we got talking it was really interesting to me because i'm the tech nerd at the time and i was young Uh, this was a long time ago in the first business um and i was a tech nerd and we're talking about, you know, like hiring and firing and collections and chasing people who aren't, you know, POs that they're not paying and you know, just all, all, the, all the, and he's telling me about like, he's set design and he's like chasing people who aren't paying and POs and hiring and firing. <laughs> and, and I made that connect. I was talking to him and all of a sudden it like dawned on me that we sell different widgets, but business is business. Man, that's right. And, and that's, that's so that's, right to that's, how
0: we, that's how we coach. That's how yep. we coach same thing there there's fundamentals to a business and if you master those you're going to be doing okay right you've so a serial the... entrepreneur i'm older than you and i tried retiring twice and it's impossible it, right. it's just impossible you know and the and that's stuff right. I, got yeah, into, I don't think i'll ever I retire never, i would have never planned half the stuff i got into and it's right. fun uh you know it's just it's an invigorating component of life it just uh So you're hooked, you know. You'll be into things uh, for a long time.
2: (laughs) Yep, yep. So it'll be some other thing. You're probably right. It'll be some other thing. You know, like yeah, I used to be the computer guy. Now I'm the weed guy, or at least the weed guy's cousin. Yeah, that's exactly
1: uh, what happened.
2: You know, there'll be some other widget.
1: Well, again, we really appreciate you sharing a story yeah, with us. Thank you. We'll, we'll, we'll be sure to put in uh the supply.com as well so, you know, many other links, you know, as part of the notes as well. We'll see if if we get uh, blocked from things. That's all right. We'll, we'll we'll take the chance of getting blocked on some stuff. We'll make sure we kind of share. No, we're unblocked now. Yeah, I we're got unblocked. Okay, yeah. we're, we're good and safe. <laughs> but uh, this is this is a fantastic story. You know, I think our our, our audience is really going to enjoy. It. Really appreciate you spending the time with us to kind of share the story today because it, it'll be inspirational for so many folks. And again. You'll be helping a lot of folks that that you probably will will never even meet. But who knows, a a few may reach out to you to kind of talk as well. But it's been fantastic (laughs) having you on uh, on the show today. We really appreciate you joining us today, Eric.
2: Absolutely. Hopefully some uh, 20-something-year-old gets inspired and changes their life. Perfect. You never know.
1: That's right. So, so for the audience, th- 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 thanks again for, for listening to, to today's show. If you missed any of our prior shows, you get them all at Dirty Uh, you know, We've got over six years of shows. We have lots of great interviews like, like, like this with, with Eric, but also just some other tips and, and ways to help to, to, to run and, and grow your business su- uh, successfully o- over the years. So you can get them all, again, like I said, at Dirty DirtySecretsOfSmallBusiness.com. If you prefer, go to your favorite podcast player, whether it be Spotify, iHeart, uh, Apple Podcasts, and search for Dirty Secrets of Small Business. You can subscribe to our show. We'll usually drop a new show every Thursday. You're delivered right there to your your device. If you have questions, comments, uh, please feel free to email us, radio at MaximumVP.com or give us a call, 877-849-0670. So that's the show for this week. Thanks again, Eric, for being here. Jack, it's been great, uh, great interview and great sharing the story. And we'll talk with you all next week.
2: Awesome. Thank you.
1: Bye-bye.